Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Club. I'm Alice and I'm joined as always by my friend and love and co-host Jessamy G. Hello. Hello, Alice. How are you beautiful? Oh, I'm so I'm good. I'm I'm a woman on the edge. I'm three weeks away from finishing my master's. And you can look into my cold, dead eyes and understand that. <laughs> we're so I've got nothing left. We're so close. I said this to you as I arrived. I'm like, we're almost there. I'm like, I realize that I have no like actual stake in this, but I feel like I've been such a part of this journey that I'm like, we're almost there, babe. We got we're it. All doing it. It's it's truly it, like it takes a village. And the best was one of my friends, Wendy, the other day. She was like, You got this. And then she paused and she goes, probably. <laughs> She was like, to be fair. Wendy the realist. But I love that. She was like, to be fair, I don't know if you if you do got this. She's like, you, you really probably do. But uh, it feels reckless saying that without proof, which I respect. That's very, very <laughs> is she a very pragmatic person? Yes. I love that. Yeah. Although I have often thought that like if, you're, if you've ever been part of like a fun run of any description, like Melbourne Marathon or something like that, and there's lots of like very kind, supportive people that stand on the sidelines with signs that say stuff like, you got this. And like in the depths of like marathon hell, I'm like, you don't fucking know exactly. me. <laughs> that, I think that was a hundred. That is, I do not have this. <laughs> also, the little shitty rebel in me is like, fuck it. Don't fucking tell me what to do. I don't got whatever I want to don't got, okay? <laughs> no, I'm not going to finish this just to spite you. <laughs> that is 100% how my 16-year-old brain right. works. I Take just, that, I, Jessamy. I, I really appreciated her fucking honesty. I probably do, but might not got this. <laughs> well, I think I think you do. Thanks, though. I mean, look, one way or another, it's going to be over in a few weeks, right? Yeah. That like, is, whatever happens, it'll be done. That is the motivational poster that yes. is stuck <laughs> on the inside of my skull right now. <laughs> well, this ends like everything, so. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I am I am good. Full disclosure, I'm quite tired because it's um, been a creative mornings day today, yeah. um, which was fucking awesome. We had um, previous imposter pod guest Tony Corrales as our speaker today, and he was he was so good. It was so good. So he was speaking on the theme of ethos. And um, the reason I thought of him initially for that theme was because um, obviously, as we spoke about on the podcast, his clothing brand, No Skin, has a very strong ethos. Yeah, and that, he makes, also- that makes so much sense. When I saw the the theme and his pairing, I kind of figured that that was the link. Yeah. Well, and also because he runs a Producing with um, Purpose podcast, which is all about that exactly, you know, companies who have a, a purpose and a particular ethos around stuff. So I was sort of expecting maybe for him to talk about learnings from guests he had on the podcast or, you know, the how they arrived at the ethos behind No Skin or a combination of those things. But the whole thing was about his experience in the punk scene. Oh, my God. That's and it was fucking awesome. rad. And, of course, he like he rounded it out really neatly and beautifully so that it was really, you know, um, applicable to to anyone in terms of sort of looking inside and finding where your values are and what your ethos is. And uh, I'm going to butcher this. I'm sorry, Tony, <laughs> but w- watch the talk when it comes out on the Creative Mornings website. But it was basically in, in summary, he'd sort of realised um, that he he felt this really strong connection to the ethos of the punk movement now, when he went to apply that to other parts of his life, it it wasn't complete in that he had copy pasted 
punk oh. ethos into Tony ethos. Yeah. And some of that stuff is really relevant. But then, you know, you learn and grow and you're getting interested in business and stuff and being like, hey, making some money might also be great. Um, and feeling these sort of like inner tensions. Yeah. But then talking about how when you feel that tension, that's actually really a positive thing because it's a sign that you're not copy pasting anymore, oh God, that is, you've got yeah. parts from different things. And of course, there's always going to be conflicts and tensions with in that and maybe they're things you have to work out and maybe they're not maybe they just exist as as tensions all the time but it's a it's a marker or an indicator that you are working it out for yeah. yourself or it's it's almost like you're thinking oh it's there's such a great quote about this and I, I'm also going to get it totally wrong I think it's Austin Kleon who wrote that steal like an oh artist. yeah 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 and he's like you don't want your work to you don't want to look like your idols you want to think like your idols and I feel like it's that same thing of like it's when you speak of the copy paste like it's really easy to look at the surface level like the symptoms of a of a whole thought process and you replicate the symptoms or the outcomes but actually what you need to be looking at is like the thoughts behind it or the thinking or the problem solving or whatever that that got there so it's not going to necessarily look the same way yes exactly yes I love that I love that um, oh, I totally just lost my, I got too excited <laughs> on your train that I was like, yeah, oh, oh, fuck, well, no, okay. I've got oh, I did want to tell you one more thing about this morning though. Yes. About, um, the best Uber driver I've ever had in my life who ended up, so because D- Dan is now doing the video for Creative Mornings, which is awesome. Um, to work as a team, which is nice. Yeah. But, um, cause he had to go straight to work afterwards. We drove there together and then I was getting an Uber back home. And you know when you're sort of in that mood where you're like, I don't, I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah. Like I want to, you know, get in the car yeah. with my headphones in. I'm just tired. I've done a lot of talking this morning. I'm just not really up for it. And as soon as I got in the car, I'm like, oh, this is not going to be an option for today. Yeah. Like this. <laughs> so to paint a picture, Robert was about 78 years old. He was wearing a bright, like, um, multicolored knit jumper and had like an Akubra on the dashboard with a whole bunch of like accoutrements oh, stuck can to I it. Just, can I just put a footnote in here for non-Australian listeners? Because it took me, I had to learn what an Akubra is. Very iconic Australian kind of leather hat. It was like yeah. the cowboy hat of Australian outbackness. Yes. That's my, thank, thank that's you, my hot yes. take on it. <laughs> <laughs> Think like Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm like, okay, that's fine. And I just had this conversation in the last week or so about how we sort of trick ourselves into thinking that talking to strangers is going to be uncomfortable, but it's actually like the discomfort yeah. that we get from avoiding it is actually much worse. Um, so I had that sort of thing in the back of my mind, having had that conversation recently and really relating to it because I, I see myself do that all the time. And there's probably never been a, a circumstance where I talk to someone and wish that I hadn't. Yeah. You know? It's the same as the gym thing. The less you want to exercise, the more you need to exercise. The less you feel like healthy food, the more you probably need it. It's the same. It's the thing that you think you can't be fucked to do is usually exactly the thing you need. Yeah, absolutely. So get in the car with lovely Robert. He's warm and smiley. And I'm like, this is going to, okay, I'm just, I'm leaning right in. Headphones are out. We're going to have a lovely chat about something. 
So he asked me what how my morning had been and what I'd been doing and told him all about creative mornings. Um, and then he's like, oh, I used to be part of a, uh, you know, a networking group like that where, you know, it was a business group and we would meet once a month and blah, blah, blah. And then he went on to tell me all about his, uh, the business that he used to run, Mossman Buses. And I, I remember, so he's like, you'll remember this now. And he was right. Um, and I won't go into the whole, the whole story around it, but it was, it just ended up being this incredible discussion about, you know, um, leading, leading a business from a place of ethos and from your values. And we hadn't even spoken about what the theme of creative mornings yeah, was that day. Yeah, you've just come from a whole keynote presentation. And it was one of those moments where it just like, it felt magic. Like it felt yeah. like, you know, I was meant to be in this Uber with this lovely person who was giving me a whole lot of like really useful and insightful advice, but just also hearing his lovely story about essentially running a business with heart. Um, and oh, I actually I wrote down something that he said because I didn't want to forget it. And I'm now I'm glad that I did because I completely this, forgot can it. Can I just say this sounds so mystical in that way. Like if you'd left your headphones in his car and you'd contacted Uber, they would have been like, oh no, no, we don't have a driver by that name. <laughs> <laughs> We've never heard of him. <laughs> 100%. That's what it felt like. It felt like some sort of like, I don't know, godsend or something it was just yeah it, it did feel mystical yeah. I don't you know I'm not a woo-woo type of person but that's what it felt like it was gorgeous he was um he was talking about you know believing in making your own opportunities which is something that I believe in too and I can't remember exactly how it came up but you know we've spoken about this before about how people can say something to you like you had a childhood friend's mother say to you once that Alice she's vivacious and now that's something that you like keep in your pocket for a rainy day when you're like, well, if someone said that about me once, maybe that can be true. Um, and we were yeah, talking about, about business and stuff. And he said, well, you know, but you, you make your, you make your own opportunities. You're living it and people can see it. Robert. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was, there was something that was so yeah, that was so beautiful. And it just like I've been floating on a yeah. cloud for the rest of the day. Yeah. What since a gift. Then. Yeah. And for him to to notice the thing and to name the thing and just say this generous, kind thing to a total stranger. Yeah. Yeah. It was so yeah. So anyway, that was my lovely morning. Yeah. Warm buzzing. And then he put the Akubra hat on and just slowly dissolved. Disappeared into, into, a into the light of the sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> and also I love that you read what you wrote down from a note and I could see on your phone that the the title is just Robert <laughs> so cute but I was thinking hmm. if I wanted to search for this later what would I need I to make the title but I think that's why it's so moving to me it's like the future Jessamy won't remember the quote but she'll remember that someone called Robert said it like do you know what I mean <laughs> It's very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's so, I love, yeah. And linking, it's also interesting to me because I personally feel like the word ethos is not a word that I've probably used it more in this conversation than I've used it in five years. Like it's just not mm. a word I use or a way that I think particularly. I think I don't, I mean, I obviously I do know what it means, but I think as opposed to say values, 
Like what's the nuance yeah. there? Is there one? I what? don't know. I was yeah. just about to ask you. Don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, oh God. Well, write in. Yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of writing in, we've had a really cool week with people telling us all sorts of interesting stuff. So we had our episode with Jai Long come out last week, which people loved as they should have, because he's super smart and amazing and great. And the part of the conversation I know that both you and I found super valuable and we've gotten heaps of feedback from other people that they also found super valuable was around money. Money, no, honey. No. Um, I'm squirming. As, oh, yeah, yeah. as you make the segue, I'm like, oh, God. All right. It's happening. Here we go. It's a, yeah. Because it is. It's such a um, it's such a fraught subject. I mean, for a lot of people, but particularly for creatives, because we have this constant tussle of you don't want to be driven by money, but also like you you are you do have the right to want to make some money. You don't, but you don't want that to be the thing that drives something. If you're you're working from like an artistic integrity place, and then you know how do you value yourself because there's such a huge spectrum of like actual like pricing when it comes to artistic work and you know do you have a side job do do you not how much does that matter and even just like financial literacy stuff around well how does it how does it all even work yeah yeah I was gonna say like that mindset is is this huge part of it and then there's also the actual basic fucking skills of like what percent do I put where yeah yeah exactly and it's it's terrifying to me it's like looking at the back of the tv with all the cords I'm like uh-uh. <laughs> nope I don't know how to do that I'm like sure I could sit there and work it out like you know but I don't I don't yeah. want to <laughs> you're like just do the thing do the fun thing yeah exactly and so we had I posed a question on the um imposter pod instagram account around um people's experience with money and their relationship to money and got a lot of um, really interesting responses from people and beautiful Sarah Firth, friend of the pod and one of our, I think she was, she, she was first our first guest. interview. She was our first. Yay, yeah. Sarah. Um, and Sarah is also just like a fountain of wisdom on most things. Yeah. Um, and she replied that, um, that yeah, exactly this, like increasing her financial literacy was a real game changer for her. So I asked, knowing that she would have all of this at her fingertips, like, hey, is there anything that we should um, read or listen to? And she sent through a whole bunch of amazing resources, books, podcasts, all different sorts of things. So I'll put those in the show notes for this episode. But I think I'll also create a resources page on our wow, website. That would be so cool. Yeah, where yeah, I'll put please. this and, and stuff, other books and things that That'll be previous awesome. guests have recommended. Also because Sarah, I think... Like Sarah is someone that just speaking personally, I would really take that advice with a lot of weight because I feel like I really, she is someone who has her own creative practice, like her own art world and and stuff that she makes and her business. So I feel like there's, it's not just someone, it's not just about managing money. Like she is someone who is, who is living a life and supporting herself, making art and also somehow paying the rent and feeding her cat and doing the things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That'll be awesome. The other thing that we did was put a call out via, um, oh, no, I keep forgetting what it's called. Speak something. Speak pod. Speak box. 
something. Speak box. <laughs> I'll find it in a second when I open it on my phone. But we wanted to give you guys the opportunity to um, ask us ask us a question, let us know about something you wanted us to talk about because, I mean, at the end of the day, we're fucking lazy. <laughs> we can outsource <laughs> part of what we're going to talk about. That's great. No, I it mean, I, I joke. It was so fun. It was just yes. so fun hearing, yeah, like how many different perspectives and different people and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much and we'll, we'll try and get to to all of them. And also I feel like we'll do this, I don't know, maybe we'll do it every week. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah. But so we've got a message speaking about money from Queen Janine, Janine Tillman from up in Queensland. Let me just find the message. Who has made a suggestion, request. Um, so we'll play Janine's message for you now and then let's talk about it. Awesome. All right, here we go. Hey, legends. Love listening to you to giggle and explore all the things money and creative and life. It's been a joy to listen to. Um, when you guys did your, pers- your Myers-Briggs personality types, I was begging for you to read my mind and send you to um, Denise Duffield-Thomas' website where you can do your money archetypes. So basically what your personality type is with handling money, attracting money, repelling money, um, and how that dynamic works with you and your relationships or you and your business, you with your clients. I just think you guys could get a real kick out of doing that and discovering a bit about yourselves and each other and how you work and what your assets are and um yeah anyway that's all (laughs) um love listening to you guys and yeah that's it Oh, my God. I think I love Janine. I know, right? Isn't she gorgeous? Thank you, Janine. <laughs> Thank You're you, amazing. Janine. And it's so cool hearing from someone we don't know. That was also, I'm just going to be a, a super nerd right now and just say that that felt so special as well. It really did. Again, as always, I expected it just to be my sister. <laughs> I was about to <laughs> say, no. in full, uh, full disclosure, <laughs> imposter pod style, Alice and I did have a conversation where we were like, we'll pose this question, but but if no one replies, we'll just like ask a couple yeah. of people to do it. But people <laughs> did. People but did. People did. The system works. People are listening. Oh. It's not just like dad and grace putting, <laughs> putting it on repeat. They just bought like 200 burner phones. <laughs> You're oh doing a great job, darling. Oh, can I just You're say? You're so popular. I just want to say this is, this is, um, excuse me, Janine, we will absolutely get to very deep, important conversations about money. But I had this conversation with my housemates the other day. We were getting deep into the like guys they dated during lockdown. And the one dated this guy and she was just like, oh my God. And he was in this band. And then she just got this like look on her face. And then we were like, oh my God, are we going to do this? And she went deep into his kind of like Spotify, whatever, and just found... and. <sighs> I'm just saying, it's like that thing of like, at what point, and I'm, and this is something that's very close to my heart. It's something that I'm navigating a lot right now because I think you get to your mid thirties and you've got your various creative pursuits. But at what time do you quit being in the band? Oh, I mean, it depends on your intention, I would say. 
like if it's just your thing that you do because it's fun and it's your opportunity to catch up with mates and you're not taking it that seriously and you're self-aware in where you're at with it, I think you never quit the band. Then you do the band forever. If you're like still thinking you're going to make it, Oh, but I don't know. I know. Well, how I bad like was bad it? Ba- I guess, this I, yeah. is my question. How bad was okay, it? Okay. Do you know what? I've, I'm I'm recognizing that what is happening here is I'm like holding back on being a total asshole when I just really I want to. I know. I and want like, to. I yeah. think you should. I'm just, just going to be let fucking honest. Like it sucked. It was so <laughs> bad. It was so <laughs> fucking bad. It's like just when you said now about like like <laughs> my sister or your dad buying 200 burner phones to listen to our podcast. It was like that bad. I was like, this dude like. He's had a oh. lifetime of like his mum buying all his CDs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So and then, we had this conversation a while ago about um, my friend with the the kid who couldn't sing. Oh. It's in like a really early episode. This <laughs> <laughs> is like a, like her kid was like eight or something, like young. And she loved singing, but she's just got like like completely tone deaf, like a terrible voice. And we're like, oh, but that's cute. She's like, it is. But at some point, she's like, it's cute at eight. Yeah. It will not be cute at 22. Yeah. Like I don't want her to be the kid that goes on Australian Idol yes. and like, I'm amazing. And they're all like, who the fuck has not been telling you the truth? What if you're just objectively bad at a thing? Yeah. And it doesn't make you a bad person. We're all bad at more things than we're good at. <laughs> it's okay. okay like, I wanna... It's okay to be shit at a thing, but just I'd like... I need to know a little bit more. This is a real side tangent, but I'm so here for it. So what was his, tell me a bit more about him. It was. Can we give him a name? Oh, I can't even remember what his name was. No, no, we'll make one up for him. Let's call him Jim. All right, Jim. Um, Jim, like he had great, like Melbourne, Melbourne in a North boy, like great style. Mm -hmm. Um, But just like, what if his name is Jim, sidebar? Well, then I'm a genius. <laughs> oh, my God. I am psychic. Yeah. Um, just me and Robert. Oh, it was just like very, but it was just like, inco- like, like he, he kind of like looked the part, but it sounded like Creed. Like it sounded like that, you know, the way oh, all, that's good. you know, all rock music sounded a really specific way around the year 2000 where they, mm. they all sang with that like like the Eddie Vedder kind of yeah, affectation exactly. with all sort of but it's so weird hearing that in 2022 I was like holy shit I didn't know that I hadn't missed that for 20 years until I mm. heard it again mm. anyway and it just felt like now now what does it mean to be what does it mean when your hobby requires an audience because like okay i'm saying that on a podcast but to be fair no one has to listen that's like very i'm not true. in someone's house making them listen but if your hobby is being in a band it's like your friends have to keep fucking trotting out on a saturday to stand around in a bar to watch you play the same song you're like oh my god well here's the thing i don't think they do have to <laughs> <laughs> but yes. if, if you're if you're no good so okay so I think there's a few options like you could be just like you're fine you're not the best man in the world you're not the worst but it's always like a good time so yeah. your friends will come because it's again like yeah. it's just it's a social outing it's yes. an opportunity to hang out together I think it all comes back to self-awareness if everyone thinks you're just there Basically, it's going to the pub together, but for 45 minutes, a few of you are playing on stage. Yeah, which would be cool. Like, that would be yeah. fun because then you'd be like, oh, look, that's my mate. Yeah. Look, at, look, that's so cool that you can do that thing with music. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if it's... 
I think if it's if it's very serious, like we're trying to make it and it's been people have been going to the same shitty pub to see you perform for 15 years and the audience has not grown at all, then they're allowed and they don't enjoy it and they don't <laughs> they don't like you. Hang on, then why would they be there? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I feel like that you can't um you can't expect people to continue going to those things. Yeah. Unless it's fun, like yeah, fun for other reasons. I don't know. I feel like I'm also trying to be rather diplomatic here. But uh, I don't know. It I think it gets a, it's an individual thing, right? Yeah. It comes down to the person and their attitude around it because if you were a bit of a dick and you're like, hey, I'm playing this awesome band, but it's just like them playing to their Uncle Jack Creed style. Maybe not. Maybe it's maybe it's self-select. Maybe maybe it's a perfect thing because it'll like your band will self-select for the fans that want to be there. And yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just I'm just tired and being. I know we are being <laughs> being a little bit me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I a bad person? Is there a way to edit that so that I sound supportive and not like a total cunt? Can you? No. Can you? <laughs> Too late. I'm like, Dan, in post-production, can you just, <laughs> just, uh, what's the thing? Make me nice. Like deep fake me. Just <laughs> saying something nice. Okay, wait. Take two. I think it's, um, I really respect his commitment to his craft. That's my official line on the matter. (laughs) I didn't know you were running for office. (laughs) Guys, I'm tired and cranky, okay? I've been eating yogurt for like the last four days because I haven't had time to go to the supermarket and I think it's really bringing out the worst in me. (laughs) But but the good news is that that'll be on public record now. Yeah, isn't that good? (laughs) Okay, so we were going to, we were going to, unpack Janine's question. I'm so sorry, Janine. Listen, it's a great question. We're doing, we're doing our best. So she, she was mentioning, wait, what the archetypes? Yes. So money archetypes. So it's a kind of like a a version of the My Briggs personality test, but around money archetypes. So, and similarly, there is like a quiz that you take and there's there were seven, maybe different sorts of money archetypes. And again, it's like not a, um, not a diagnosis. It doesn't necessarily, it's just, it's just another tool. And, um, so I've taken the test. You've taken the test. Sounds like something like far more sinister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what I thought I might do first is I'll read out what the different archetypes are and then, oh, I've already told you what mine is. I should have I not literally told can't you. remember though. Oh, fabulous. Okay. Then maybe you can try and guess. <laughs> I'm a great listener and a good friend. It's fine. We're doing fine. Um, is this the right thing? Bear with me. Alice, sing a song, please. <clears throat> Creed style, if you would. <laughs> what was the other one? There was Creed and the oh, Nickelback was the other one. It was ex- it was that brand. Like everything. Oh, it makes me so uncomfortable. I was like, no, I couldn't listen to the whole thing. I was like, I feel weird. Do you think they take themselves seriously? Yes, that was literally that is what I'm trying to. That is my whole issue. Yeah, is like the degree of earnestness around it. Hmm. But how could oh, this is? Um, I'm so sorry. In other news, my art exhibition is opening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> plug it, plug it. Along. 
Where is it? Uh, it's at VCA, so on the Victoria College of the Arts campus on South Bank. Woo! I will be there 100%. It'll be so. The thing that's really fun about it is there's like 140 people's works. I think I was telling you this last time. I can't remember. But it's just nice to be part of such a big show because it's just like it takes the pressure off in the sense that friends come and they're not like obliged to weirdly like pretend to be over interested in my shit. Like they can come and see it and like say a like polite, nice thing. But also realistically, like some of them will be into it. Some won't. That's totally fine. But there's 140 people's work. So like whoever, like you'll find something that's your vibe. I, I'm, I we're getting, we're going to get back to the money. Like at times <laughs> I fucking swear to God. <laughs> but this is reminding me of a question that I, I'm so interested in different people's answers to this. And I don't think we've spoken about it before, but around like how you move through a gallery space, a museum, an exhibition, oh, wow. like. Because, no, I'll just let you answer it first and then I'll tell you why I like to ask okay. people. I think that's an f- amazing question, firstly. So I used to be very reverent and I used to stop at everything, look at each thing, read the little didactic text on the side and like do the whole thing like properly, which is rewarding in its own way. But I do not do that at all now. I walk through it and it's like if something speaks to me, I'd rather spend quality time with less works and really feel them and engage with them and not waste time on the pieces that I don't feel drawn to. That said, some work, particularly if it's more conceptual, you don't necessarily, you're not going to always be like visually, that's the only, that's not the only information that makes that thing meaningful. So sometimes like I will, like I'm, I'm kind of speaking very black and white, like I will kind of just cast my eye over and I'll like have a glance at the side to see if there's something I'm missing, or maybe it's a bit more interesting than, than it appears straight off the bat. But for stuff, like if it's like a fucking video artwork, that's like, oh, hey, like, I feel like (laughs) this is, um, this is not my, uh, I'm not wearing my official, uh, art school student. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, most video art's just like boring TV. Not all, like good video art is incredible. Good. You heard it here, guys. <laughs> Write it down. Alice good. Eating 2022. Just throwing shade on video my- Video art's just boring TV. <laughs> my friend's ex-boyfriend's a shit musician. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just burning every bridge. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> better I'll be better next week um yeah I mean amazing video art is amazing but I think it's like any art form where there's a low barrier to entry like anyone can pick up a camera which means that you just end up with a a lot more bad stuff sure but the good stuff is still incredible but you just have to be aware so all of that to say like if I'm walking through a gallery and there's like a prolonged video piece that's just not moving me like I do not vaguely feel the need to like pretend to, to be very serious and like take, spend five minutes looking at the screen. That's fuck off. Mm. How do you move through a gallery? Well, I think I've had a, a, a fairly kind of similar journey with it in that, but so I've never really, you know, didn't go to art school, didn't have that. I always felt like this was a world that belongs to someone else in terms of the like gallery opening, you know, exhibition museum Mm. kind of world it always felt um very inaccessible to me and I thought that there was something about it that 
everyone else understood that I didn't understand and I had to pretend to understand. Of course, now I realize fucking everyone's pretending yeah. to understand. Yeah. There's no... It's the big <laughs> game. Yeah, right? <laughs> There's no like secret source or like secret password that gets mm. whispered to you in third year of art school and now suddenly you understand like all art that's ever been created. And, you know, you obviously spend your life hearing things like art is subjective, but then like I don't think I truly understood that because it's... I think also people say that but then don't practice that as part of their ethos Mm. Um, as in as like art is subjective but this is good and this is bad Mm. because of what, you know, because of the price tag you put on something or what gets into a gallery or what doesn't or whatever. So, again, I I used to read all the things, spend a lot of time going through and I fucking Hated it. Yeah. I hated it's, it. I was then bored. Then it's like homework. I'd, exactly. Yeah. It felt like homework. It was boring. I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't get a lot of it. Like, okay, you might pick up a few like facts and things that are sort of interesting, but because I'd put this, I wasn't able to enjoy it because I'd put this lens over it of um, you're, you're doing it wrong. You've got to appear to be doing yeah. it right. So then it was just because I wasn't being, you know, authentic to myself in that moment. It's like the thing we were talking about with Jai last week. It's so uncomfortable to try and be someone that's not yourself. But um, so these days when I do find myself in a gallery a gallery or, or um, museum or anything, I tend to move through very quickly. Um, and I've realized that that's, that that's fine. I don't like doing it with other people. I like to go solo because yeah. I've, on, if I'm completely honest, I'd like to say it's like, cause I like to do my own thing, but I think it's because I feel like I'm going to be judged, <laughs> which yeah. no one would be, no one gives a shit what I'm doing, but I, I think there's still a lingering part of me that's like, they're going to know that I'm not doing it right. <laughs> I think it's so kind of good to admit that. And it's so, I, like, I think it's so heartbreaking because I know have spoken to friends who feel similarly that like don't enjoy galleries because it's this performance of like the whole time is performing, receiving art in the way that you think that you're supposed to be this like studious, serious person and you're supposed to experience it in such a specific, deep way. And that, and like the, the deep fucking tragedy of that is like, it rubs the whole, like the experience is fundamentally so fun. Like once, once you realize there are no rules, it's like, you're like going to an, buffet of all the different foods and it's like oh all you, all you have to do is literally just take whatever the fuck you want like that's the rules yeah, of this buffet exactly. but instead it's like everyone's approaching the table with all this like amazing food and then like spending all their energy looking performing the role of someone who's like interested in it and you're like no 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 no, you don't have to like no no one cares yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> take what take what you want leave what you don't want um but but to your other points as well just about how I think where it gets tricky with the objective, subjective, and like anything can be good for anyone, of course. But I think where where it seems sometimes like someone's being like, oh, but that sucks. And you're like, well, how can you say that? Like, it's completely subjective. It's back to your previous point about what Tony said about imitating, like copy pasting something from somewhere without thinking your way or without earning that knowledge. 
And I think that's the only difference that art school is. It's like no one's smarter than fucking anyone. It's just a particular context where you happen to have been exposed to a longer history. So someone who's come from that context is just going to notice if someone is producing a painting that is actually just like copy pasting something else. So it might be like visually really cool, but like they haven't earned it. They haven't done the conceptual work behind it, which is also totally fine, totally valid. Just, but it's just seeing it for what it is versus like if someone's more familiar with that backlog and they see something and they're like, this is fucking interesting because of this. And it might look ugly. It might be visually totally unappealing, but they're like, oh, but it's interesting because of the context. Mm. And again, like none of it's more right or less right. But I just, I think that's like where that weirdness comes in where you're like, how can you say it's subjective? And then in the next sentence say it's good or bad. And you're like, no, but you can though. Like in the context of, a history of making stuff. Yeah. I do under- I understand and appreciate that. I also think there's there's that and that is true and valid. Then there is an extra layer that is just wankery. Yeah. That yes. sits around it. That yeah. is which we you have have in all I mean you have it fucking everywhere and you certainly have it in all across all art forms is that we we place a lot of like value and credence on particular opinions yeah, and so if sure. they say, I mean we just we do it on the fucking internet as well it's like okay if I don't know um, who's someone we love Brene Brown <laughs> as you said that I was like you know who you know love. who it is you, you know. know who you're gonna say so pretending you're searching your <laughs> brain for a name someone we love who do I quote all the time um or whoever like like an authority that you you know you trust their you feel like your values are aligned so you could quite easily follow something that they post or say without looking into it yourself and I think that 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 same thing kind of applies in that in that world but like maybe with like a little bit more wankery where it's like well if this person says that it's cool then it is cool and and same with the punk scene like with you know Tony's talk this morning there's a lot of that stuff and any any scene really any scene that's what it that's what it is yeah we sort of agree that there that that some things are in and some things are out and some things are cool and some things are not and we'll pretend that it's all about truth and love and inclusion but it's actually like incredibly exclusive a lot of the time I suppose also like the further and and we will get to Janine's question. <laughs> but um, the further away you are from any kind of niche subgroup, the more wanky it's going to seem potentially. Or And that coupled with how insecure you're feeling on that day. Because like if I went into a gym and a trainer was like, mm, the thing is like your delt C quad Z, your bicep, tricep, quadrilateral, whatever. I'd be like, oh, oh, look at you, Mr. Fucking Anatomy. You know what I mean? Or like if, if you went to like a surgeon. But that's surgeon's... different if they're talking to you about you. I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> no, I, I would do. feel that way too. I do. I just, yeah, I do think that there's a degree sometimes of like when language is really precise in a field, it's always going to, to to someone who, when we're not in that field, yeah, it feels, it can feel really alienating. Stop defending your art school wankery, <laughs> Alice. <laughs> wank, You're wank, like, wank. dude, I've just been working my fucking ass off on my master's for art school. And you're just telling me it's all a piece of wank anyway. Oh, it's a big piece of wank. <laughs> I've been aggressively wanking into that piece. <laughs> can you not tell? <laughs> 
I'm sorry, I think we just found the pull quote for the week. (laughs) I've been aggressively wanking into my thesis. (laughs) Oh my God. Is this a job? How did we we come? People are in offices right now (laughs) while we record this. I mean, no one's paying us, so I guess technically no. <laughs> it's just a very public hobby. <laughs> oh, my God. I should definitely shouldn't have judged the Creed guy. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. What do we call him? Jim. Jim, Jim. Creed, we'll call him. <laughs> right. Some money. Let's okay, get to so it. All of this. I couldn't. You sent me the link earlier. I can't find it. It's disappeared from my phone. Know? Yeah. Could yeah, you please? I got it. So, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, after on, all that, let's find out. I'm on text. Maybe support. why we're like this. <laughs> um, wait, it's on my. Should we just do a podcast, which is just the sound of me breathing while I Google stuff? The, oh, I guarantee you, people <laughs> would pay you money for that. <laughs> there you go. There's a whole market. Here's Thesis the list. wanking and heavy breathing. Eight money archetypes. There they are. Oh, great. Okay. We should also have we credited whose IP this is. Um, uh, no, name? I don't think, uh, Denise, Denise Hang on, we should find out what her actual. Denise DT.com. Yeah, but she has a name. It's not. <laughs> it's Denise. I... <laughs> it's definitely Denise. All right, fucking grumpy pants. <laughs> Denise Duffield Thomas. All right, we got it. Here you go. Do you need a nap? Yes. Is that what's happening? Also a Thank hug. you. There's the list. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have a big hug after yeah. this, and then you're going to go home <laughs> and you can go to sleep. <laughs> okay. So um, I've certainly found um, some value in this from what I've looked at so far. Um, and it sounds like she's a very smart woman who's got some really good ideas. One thing that does that I always find a little like, irking is that it's for some reason called the eight sacred money archetypes. Okay. And I'm not saying this to, to hang shit on the work at all. I'm just um, calling it out in case you sort of follow the link to do it. You as in um, dear listener. And then, and you have a similar reaction to me. It's just, it's just a name. I it's don't know why it's called thing. that. It's just a language thing. It might be to do with a particular market or it might have, it doesn't actually mention anything about why it's called that. So um, I don't have additional information about that, but we're not going to let it put us off because there's some um, real good gold nuggets of wisdom in here. Okay, so the money archetypes are, I'll read them all and then you can try and guess which one you think I am. I think I remember which one you said you were, so that's ruined. Sorry. (laughs) Just we ruined everything. Ruined it all. (laughs) Okay, Okay, so number one, the accumulate, uh, fuck. The accumulator, the inner banker. Or maybe it's the inner wanker. It's you, Alice. (laughs) No, I'm not an inner outer wanker. (laughs) Please put that on your LinkedIn bio. (laughs) Oh my god. Sorry. Okay. All right. We're being very we're we're serious now. Um, okay, you're the archetype that makes things like saving, investing, and accumulating money look easy. You have a natural ability to create financial stability. Nope, don't think that's either of us. Uh, The alchemist, the inner idealist. The literal definition of an alchemist is someone who transforms things for, transforms, transforms things for the better through a seemingly magical process. 
If you're an alchemist, your way of relating to money can be very interesting indeed. All right. Okay. Um, the celebrity, the inner big shot. Put simply, you were born to be a star. You have no problem spending money to enhance your self-image or status. The connector, the inner relationship creator. You always put people and relationships first. As a connector, you're smart enough to know that the relationships you form can also be a connection to bringing in the money. The maverick, the inner rebel. As a maverick, you're marching to the beat of a different drum. You may, <clears throat> you may not always be the most consistent with money, but you do know how to attract it, make it, and use it to push ahead of the crowd, even when there's risk involved. In fact, you love risk. The nurturer, the inner sponsor. The nurturer has a strong compulsion, need, and commitment to care for others. This can come at the expense of yourself and your own needs. But no doubt about it, the nurturer cares about money and appreciates it too. The romantic, the inner hedonist. As a romantic, the pursuit of luxury and comfort is extremely important and, quite frankly, the only way to go. The ruler, the inner empire builder. You love empowering people and enriching their lives through your business as a ruler. You thrive on creating, innovating, and building something of lasting value. So they're the eight. All right. So I did remember what you said as you said I thought it. you might as I read it out loud. So you got the romantic. I got the romantic, the inner hedonist. I, I, I would have pegged you as that or the one that you said just after that with the ruler. Oh, yeah. Which just because like you've built your own business, you employ a lot of people as a result of that. It feels like you've, you've got like that, at that side as well. I should say, I think... Um, that this whole thing is aimed at people who run their own businesses. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. like a, a given. Yeah. Um, and you were the connector, right? Yeah. They, I, I read through, so after I did the test, she, she gives you like this cute little write-up kind of afterwards. Um, and the, the, she just in bold says, this is, how did she phrase it? She's like, you have the most interesting relationship to money. And I was like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that about covers it. That's about it. Yeah, let me find that because I actually, that little paragraph, um, I mean, obviously it's only a sentence or two. There's only so much you can capture, but the there's a slightly more lengthy description of the romantic in the email sent through. Um, okay. So, and this I've, I've found I related to more. The romantic is known as the chill, easygoing pleasure seeker. You love feeling abundant, generous, unhurried, and following your desires wherever they lead when you feel like it. For you, life is meant to be lived and enjoyed. Out of all the eight archetypes, you often have the most chilled relationship with money. Oh, that does sound like you. Yeah. Just don't want to think about it. <laughs> uh, you like money for the things it can buy, but you're also pretty casual. There's always more money, so why not live for today? And somehow things just always work out perfectly for you. You trust that the money will always be there to pay for your next desire. That's, that's pretty well true. I mean, it's obviously not 
particularly nuanced, but as we've spoken about before, that's not the intention of these sorts of things. But um, I think the interesting thing for me with that and with money is I feel like that rings true for me now, but it's certainly not always been the case. Yeah. I also think, though, that it has been... I think I've had a relation, a very positive modeling of relationship to money from my family, particularly my dad, who is, you know, just like about fun and joy. And, you know, I think he doesn't, while he's not frivolous, he's a little frivolous, (laughs) but I mean, not in any sort of way that would be dangerous. You know, he would never put anything at, at risk in terms of spending, but he will also like, you know, on a whim book a flight to Tasmania because he heard about a cheese festival on the radio that morning and be like, fuck it, I'm going. But I think that's what money is for. Yeah. He's also, I mean, he was an accountant. He's very good with money. He understands money. He understands, you know, he had like an investment club on our street with his buddies when I I was younger. Um, And I think that that balance of like understanding money is for spending money equals fun. Um, but also having the education to back that. So you can do that without going into debt or it causing you any issues. I think that that balance is really great. So I think I had a lot of positive messaging, um, around money as a kid, um, from that, but then however, you know, positively things are framed when you don't have any money, it doesn't really fucking matter what your mind, what your mindset is about it, because it's, it's going to be, it's going to worry you because you need to eat and pay rent. And when that's a struggle, you know, um, but you know, I've, I've always been a fairly frivolous spender even when I didn't have any money, but I've never gone into, you know, debt or anything like that but something I have noticed in terms of like and what and I think what's particularly useful about having the different archetypes like we've said now I feel like we've caveated this a million times sure of course there's simplifications they're not the full picture but it's just one tool of many to think about stuff and, and it can be really productive in that way um what I find productive about it is it's like it speaks to values Values are really hard to see. Most people can't just off the bat say what their values are, but people can look at their behaviors and track those. So it's almost like what Denise has done is is she's kind of clustered different behaviors together that actually reflect personal values. And that's like your way into it. And probably I would imagine, I think she's got like a course that she offers. I would imagine that probably within that course she'd do deeper work around like knowing what those values are because yeah. obviously there are there are as many relationships with money as there are people on earth but it's kind of like to to find a healthy relationship with money it's not a again back to the I feel like cut and paste is very much like the the central theme of this episode but like you absolutely cannot cut and paste someone else's approach to yours And I think that's what I struggled with for years because like my dad's an accountant. My sister used to be an accountant. They've got like a very specific set of values, way of thinking, risk aversion that just doesn't map onto my personality. So it's like they would give me the answers, but the answers never worked for me. 
because I'm just a different mm. human and they don't fit. It's like wearing someone else's clothes. It just don't fit. I'm like, I can't fucking keep wearing it. Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> this is not, this is, I'm going to wrong. fall over. The shoes are too big. It yeah. feels bad. But then yeah. the problem is like, if you don't have a tool like these archetypes, like you kind of reject that model, but you don't find the one that's fitted to mm. you. Mm, totally. And how did you feel about your, about the connector? Um, I, th- <laughs> I liked it because it was like, it sounded really nice. It was like, you're kind and you value people. And I was like, well, yeah, but you're making it sound really nice. I think it's, it, it is definitely like the interpersonal piece is the biggest piece for me. And if I notice what I, at the moment, like struggle in terms of like saving money, it'll always be interpersonal stuff. Like I'm not explaining that well, but basically when I go over budget, it's never because I've bought myself really nice clothes or a really nice anything. It's because I had too many invitations to go out for drinks and I couldn't say no because uh, I want to see my friends or yeah. people want to go away for the weekend or there's a, you know, it's always, a, it's social stuff that I, it's really hard to not spend there versus my underwear is like six years old and has literal holes in it. Same. <laughs> Why is Let that not a thing? <laughs> Yeah, of all the things that I'm like, that's, oh, I can't remember who I was talking to this about, talking about this with the other day, but like the things that I find that I think are always worth spending money on being your face, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like if you, in whatever that looks like for you, whether it's just like buying a moisturizer that you really love, or if it's like spending thousands of dollars on braces to, you know, or dyeing your hair or whatever it is. I think whatever, and it doesn't have to be your like literal face. It might be the clothes that you wear or like just whatever makes you feel really, really good and yourself presenting yourself in the world. And it doesn't have to be stuff that costs a lot of money, but it's the thing that, you know, when you, you have those days where you're feeling cute, might delete later and you, (laughs) you just walk into the world open and ready. And I think that that it can sound trivial, but I think it's incredibly important. So your, your face, your space, again, like, you know, I'm just redoing at the moment, um, imposter pod HQ, which is very close to done. And it looks sick. Um, but even now when it's, you know, sort of 80% done, I'm realizing like, oh fuck, turns out it's like heaps easier to work in a space that is designed to be worked in rather yeah. than like my collection of bits and bobs that I've had. I had a fucking chest of drawers that I literally got when I moved out of home from Dimmies. Um, Mel- Melbourne Knights will understand how shit that will be. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like a big $2 store, like, you know. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't. Throw, like, and I didn't even really like them to begin with. They were just cheap, but, you know, they they still work. They're not broken. Yeah, they, like, solve the problem. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, oh, it seems silly to get a new thing. And so being aware that I I do this thing constantly, this time I was like, nah, because we had because we were getting the floors redone, we had to take everything out of the room. I'm like, I, anything that's not, and like not throwing out 100% of the things because some things are, you know, workable in the new space. But I'm like, I'm not doing that thing anymore. This whole place is going to be built with intention and it feels so, so good. And that doesn't have to be your workspace. It could, again, like be on a smaller scale. It could be having like 
a doona cover that you really love, but those spaces where we spend the majority of our time, whether that's a home office or, you know, we spend a shitload of time in, in bed, even if it's just the time that you you spend sleeping, or maybe you have like a, um, you know, you love cooking and you have just like a set of utensils that make you really happy or yeah. whatever those things are. But I think setting up your space, particularly the spaces that are, um, that are sanctuaries for you. So whether that is, you know, your home gym or your couch or your bathroom or your bedroom or wherever you find that sense of sanctuary, I think that is worth investing in making those spaces feel good and feel like you. Yeah. And then, sorry. (laughs) And then the last thing (laughs) was like travel and time with people. So, you know, like the, when we went to Bali with a big group of people earlier in the year, and um, uh, my friends Mikey and Carissa, both of whom have been on this podcast, in the first couple of days that we were there, I remember them looking at each other and going, fuck, we almost didn't come. Yeah. Do you remember? how? And re- how dumb does that feel now? Now that we're here with all of our friends in a literal fucking paradise and we almost didn't come because we were like, oh, I don't know if we can afford it. And they're like, there's literally nothing more important to spend money on than yeah. this. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. No, I love like I love that. The only the only thing I would add to that is that maybe I would add education to that as well. Like just as a general cuz it's like of course. no one can fucking take it away from you. Like yeah. the once you've got it it's yours forever and ever and ever and ever and like excellent people, people can yeah. steal your beautiful bamboo sheets but they can't, <laughs> they can't take your you know and, and when I say that I don't mean that within like some weird ivory tower bullshit like I just mean like the fucking books that you want to read totally or magazines you like or absolutely or yeah, but, yeah couldn't agree more anything that's going to yeah to help you grow yeah yeah have you um have you seen or read much of Ramit Sethi's money stuff no it's it it links to this and it's it's also really interesting with um I should also just preface this with like I am very much beginning my journey with money. I have a very unhealthy relationship to money and not very much of it. And it's a thing that I'm actively it's a, it's the skill set that I'm focusing on at the moment because this is completely unsustainable. Um so so I've been kind of like downloading audiobooks and like Barefoot Investor, Ramit Sethi, like all the stuff. And I do it as audiobooks because I can't physically force myself to read it. Yeah. I'm like, this sucks. But then when you're listening to it, it's it's actually fine. And it's it's really interesting. And he speaks about, um, oh God, I mean, like I'm doing this off the top of my head. So, you know, paraphrased. But um, it's basically the idea of like he breaks, he has a list of kind of like what you're saying now, like va- like money-based values. Some people it'll be travel. Some people it'll be luxuries at home. Some people it'll be like body, some family, blah, blah, blah. And I think he's got like eight or nine. And then he basically says like you need to know which your most important thing is. Maybe you can have two or whatever. But like what is the thing that fucking lights you up? And he's like there he, he's he's like what would you do take what you spend on that 10 exit and what like what would that look like like if you had no budget Ooh. yeah it's such a fun exercise he's like it's just a it's just in your head like we're not doing it don't panic you're not spending that money oh, the head <laughs> to me is like let's do it <laughs> done um and he's like but just because he says the thing is like we often self-limit in a way where we're like 
you know, okay, to use an example, like say it's travel mm-hmm. and you're like, say maybe you spend $2,000 a year traveling or whatever, made up number. He's like, okay, what would that look like though if it was 20000 You'd be like, ah, oh, I would like, instead of just flying once a year to Italy for two weeks, I'd like do a three-month trip to Europe and I'd like travel around and I'd do this and I'd do that and I'd like see all these things and I'd be gone for longer, whatever. And he's like, okay, cool. Like once you know what that picture looks like, you can reverse engineer it and like it's probably not going to cost what you think it's going to cost or there are ways to do that that aren't like you're not going to have the 20 grand to do it fine but like maybe if you take your two grand budget make it five grand you can get the 20 grand's worth of value like you'll do some couch surfing you'll work for a bit while you're there you'll find cheap flights you'll go in off season like once you know actually what the fuck you want from your money there you can do it so he's like you've almost got to be like extravagant and like honest with yourself and like if you push that dial up, yeah, I think he calls it money dials. He's like, if you push that dial up to fucking 11, what does that look like? But then the converse of that is he's like, that has to come from somewhere. So now you mm. need to be ruthless on the other stuff. Because if travel is your value, why are you buying expensive clothes? Like cut, mm. cut, cut it out from there. Why are you having a coffee every morning on your way to work? Cut it out from there. Like the things that don't move you, cut that shit. But the things that make you happy, max that shit out. I love this. Look at you fucking giving me money <laughs> advice. I mean, but I say I, that as someone with absolutely no money, but. We're, we're at the start of the journey. Yes, exactly. Exactly. We're going to be. Yeah. Podcast millionaires. What? That's a thing, right? <laughs> we're gonna, I think it's a thing. <laughs> famously. It's a famously uh, lucrative industry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, what I love about that is um, it's like it's granting permission to think about what you actually want, yeah. which can be so tricky for people and Dan has had a really tricky relationship with money, which he, he's only even just kind of realized fairly recently um, that that has been an issue or been a thing. And what he's realized is he had this, well, I think some things that are quite common, like, you well, who, who am I to want that? Or like, it's, you know, there's something wrong with aspiring to more. But he also, he realized that it, it came from a place of almost feeling like if he had more, it was taking it away from someone else. Um, which of course is not true. Um, something that, that Jai said, and also, um, Kyle, one of our, um, lovely pod fans commented on the, um, the Instagram stories this week that money is, is everywhere. You're not taking it out of someone else's pocket if you aspire to have more. But I think because of those sort of, um, very limiting, and fairly unhealthy kind of, and, and not even necessarily unhealthy, but just not true um, feelings around money, it stopped him from being able, from having permission to dream like yeah. that. Um, because it's like, well, no, you know, if, like that's selfish or that's, yeah, that's taking that. If I take that five weeks in Italy, someone else isn't. Like not yeah. literally, but it feels like that's the sense of it to him. Like he's a very literal person and when things would people would say things to him as a kid like oh you got to like finish your food because there's kids starving in Africa his poor little baby brain was like oh no like I'm literally taking the food out of someone else's mouth like I have to (laughs) those messages and and just because he's so um he's so caring and so 
generous to a fault in a lot of ways. Um, but that stuff, you know, the, the messages that we get yeah. as kids, they stick, man, they stick. And I think a lot of that stuff around money, you know, has, it's all intertwined. It's like, you know, money is not about money. Sex is not about sex. Yeah. You know, all these sorts of things have to do with like what our fucking fourth grade teacher told us, Yeah, <laughs> you know, one, one offhanded comment a parent made, made to you one time, you know, um, but it's, it's fascinating. And I think, yeah, like, and why, um, you know, thank you, Janine, because I think doing the exercises like this is so great is because it just starts the conversation yeah. with yourself around, well, how, how do I think about money? What is my relationship with money? You don't yeah. even need to get to the solving bit yet, but just starting the conversation yeah. isn't something we do often. Completely. And it's, it's so helpful as well. I think it, it, it recognizes the psychological and emotional relationship that we have to money rather than just thinking that it's about numbers that come into an account and leave an account. And I think yeah. if it was as simple as numbers, calories in and calories out of your bank account like that wouldn't be an issue we'd yeah. all have it so it's like it's clearly it's that yeah it's giving language and being able to talk about that huge emotional piece and having having like a way a doorway into that where you're like okay just even you know even for me thinking about the connector thing and that like people that people are such a big part of it like something that was really interesting after the after you do the test, she's got like a little video where she kind of like unpacks, unpacks your little kind of persona or archetype. And it was really interesting, her phrasing. And I don't know, I obviously haven't seen the other seven videos for the other seven archetypes, but like the phrasing she used was, we're get, you know, on this course, blah, blah, blah. We're going to teach you how to make friends with money. And I was like, oh, Cute. is she doing that to put it in terms of like the value system of the connector? That's, I'm trying to think if she said that in my video. I don't think she did, but there was a different phrase, which of course now I can't remember. Fuck. What was it? Yeah, I think she is because I yeah. think that the phrase that she kind of repeated a couple of times for the romantic was slightly different. Gosh, I wish I could remember what it was. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's that, nice. Yeah. I really like that because I, yeah. I thought what she was doing in that moment was like seeing my value set. And being like, how can we reframe how you think about money? Not like beat you over the head and tell you how to do it the right way, but be like, how, do, how will it be helpful for you to think about money? Yeah. Because even her saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, that's like, that sounds better. If she'd been like, we're going to show you how to fucking buy Bitcoin and yeah. like, da, da, da. I'd be like, oh, fuck off. Like, fuck yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of this, I mean... To, to pull it back around to, to art, art wankery again. <laughs> but but it's it's similar in the sense that like once you um, realise that there's not like the way that you're doing it isn't wrong, like you just have to understand your relationship to art or your relationship to money, mm. then you can work on the, the ins and outs of it as in like then, okay, like then I might realise, oh, I really um, – I'm drawn to this thing. Maybe I'll go and educate myself a little bit more yeah. about, you know, I don't know, abstract conceptualism or fucking whatever. Is that a real thing to know? <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. It is not. <laughs> um, yeah. And with money. So like the, the mindset is like a, a really big, important part of it, but also then there's like some practical yeah, shit you need yeah, to know exactly. too. But I think unlocking the mindset part first, 
just makes it less scary. Yeah. You know, yeah, you don't now you're not pretending that you have to like look thoughtfully at the painting yeah. in the gallery. Yeah. You're like, this is fine. I can just move through till I find the thing. And you that can I want. show up as yourself. You're like, oh exactly. no, this is like you are here for what you need. Like again, the buffet table. Like actually you just get to take whatever the fuck you want from this that is meaningful to you. There's no right way <laughs> to buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Quote number two. Oh my God. But side, oh my God, I have so much that I want to say here. First thing, I do actually think there's a right way to buffet and I think I do it. I'm a fucking master of the buffet. Whoa, 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 Anyone whoa, whoa. who's been to like a like a three-star inclusive rest, like hotel with me <laughs> will know. <laughs> Alice, Andy, tell me everything. Okay, I do like three rounds. The first round is just the drive-by and it's just like little samples of everything. And then the second round is like you go back for the actual good shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the third round is just like celebrating that. Like the third round is just the decadent. Like you go for like the top two or like top one repeat. But you've got to oh, hold. I see. It's like see. all about like self-control in round one. Because like you'll come back to the table and everyone's got like heaving piles of breakfast and you're like, oh, no, no, I'm playing the long game. That does sound like a, as someone who fucks up buffets constantly because I get too excited and exactly. I want to try all of the Everyone things. Everyone does. And even like you're just taking like tiny bits. You're like, this is fine. I'm just going to have a tiny bit of everything. But when there are like 25 things, you're like, oh, no, now I've got all the things. I'm saying this like I have so many buffets in my life. and I, Firstly, I haven't even said this word that much until the last hour. <laughs> I don't even know. Buffets are, I think, a casualty of COVID. Like it's been a while. Can I tell you, I genuinely had this conversation crying during, <laughs> during COVID saying, do you think they'll ever be, we'll ever have a buffet breakfast again? Because <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't have a system as good as yours, Alicini, Yet. but I enjoy it immensely. I fucking love a good hotel buffet breakfast. And I really thought that I was never going to have one again. Aww. And I cried about it. Aww. Well, you will. But I cried a lot about yeah. many things <laughs> just during many. lockdown. So that was just one of the many ridiculous things that I found myself in tears over. Uh, what were we, there was something else I wanted to say to you about the money thing, though, now that we're talking about it, personality stuff. Just read my mind. Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. Um, well, you'll never oh, know. It'll, it'll, it was you'll never know. <laughs> fucking amazing. It Alice was, was about so to solve good. all our problems. I'm glad I had the two things in my mind and I'm glad I went with the buffet. <laughs> Honestly, me too. <laughs> well, on that note, it's probably around about time to make ourselves a little... Buffet, little buffet dinner. Just buffet on out of here. <laughs> oh my god, I remembered. Can oh, I tell go, go. you? Hit me, hit me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's not that good, but it is quite good. I feel like this is this has been after many years of therapy. This is a little um a takeaway that I find really helpful. Linking back to the money thing, but it's like around that there are no bad behaviors, but there are just outcomes that you don't like. So your current behaviors. Mm. Your current behaviors are perfect if your current outcome is what you want. So you don't Love have it. to change anything. But it's like if if you want a different outcome, that's also fine. But then you're going to need to change some of the behaviors. And I think just like just taking away that like moralizing of behaviors. It's like you can do whatever the fuck you want. But like just know what you want to get out of it. Yeah. The buffet thing was better. I mean... <laughs> 
fine, whatever. Bye. <laughs> no, it was perfect. I love it. No, 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 no. It's super important. It's and it's of, one of, of those things. Of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a freebie. That's why I'm so fucking successful. <laughs> um, it's true though. I think anything that you can sort of like try and take the yeah the the moralization yeah, yeah. out of just makes it so much easier to see for what it is yeah. and then be like okay now I can look at this you know as objectively as one can yeah. look at themselves yeah. um and yeah and and make adjustments accordingly um well buffets creed wanking into your thesis it's been a wild ride it's been it's been quite a journey thank you for um <laughs> being here coming <laughs> anyone who's watching the video can see we're literally inside my bedroom just yeah. came to my little thesis cave smells like sweat and tears and and aggressive wangs <laughs> <laughs> what did you call I was telling Alice um before I came over that I was that my face was being very 37 today <laughs> and I was finding it very insulting <laughs> like why not be more 25 and then you called yourself you're like don't worry I'm a study troll <laughs> yep <laughs> but you're the most beautiful study troll I ever did see oh thanks love we're doing the things we're doing hard things and anyone else out there um this is an australian expression that i had never heard before it might maybe it's not maybe i just hadn't heard it but um people here like to say we're at the pointy end of the year oh yeah i've just I'm, i love it i'm Aww. like oh we're just at the pointy end of the year pointy pointy spiky spiky spike poke poke <laughs> <laughs> feeling it but <laughs> yeah we're at the pointy end yeah you're almost done. You're you're my hero. You're, we're, we're doing it. I love you. We're writing a thesis. <laughs> <laughs> we're wanking. And it's beautiful. <laughs> thank you, everyone who stayed this far with yeah. us. Um, and thank you so much, Janine, um, yes. for recording your question. Sorry, it took us 10,000 hours to actually get to it. But I think we've both found it super valuable and we would love to hear um, anyone else's thoughts on it? If you could jump on it, we'll pop the um, the link in the yeah. show notes if anyone else wants to jump on. Take the quiz and let us know how you go. Um, and I'll also include all of those resources from awesome Sarah Firth. And if anyone else has um, any other resources I'd like to share, podcasts, podcast episodes, books, anything yeah. around this money stuff, because it's, it's hard, man, and we don't have to do it alone and we're allowed to talk about it and it's a bit weird and awkward and uncomfortable sometimes but it's also um important and it's a fine thing to be interested in and want to talk about it's not shameful it doesn't um mean that you're like a money hungry um capitalist pig if you like want to be comfortable and not worry about where your money for rent is coming from every month um feeling safe is good yeah exactly all right well i love you endlessly alice Edie, and i'll see you next week Bye. bye bye thank you for listening to the imposter syndrome club please follow us wherever you find your podcasts and if you're feeling extra kind rates and review or if you got any insights or value from this share with a friend you can also find us on instagram at imposter pod or online at imposter syndrome club.com 